Some of you came here today, maybe even for the first time, just wondering what's going to happen. You didn't know the Holy Spirit was waiting to encounter you today. <laughs> You're here for a reason today. Nothing is by accident in the plan of the Father. You are exactly where you were meant to be right now in this point in time. <laughs> I just feel some of y'all's hearts are just light, just becoming light. Just keep breathing. I just feel some of y'all's hearts becoming real light right now. They're real heavy for a long time. You've been clinging to a lot for a long time. It's been chaos for a long time. <laughs> but I need to encourage you, the darkness doesn't stay forever. Scripture tells us where Jesus reigns, the light reigns. And Jesus came so the light would shine in the darkness. And you were actually made to be a light. The enemy has tried to cut your light out. And some of you feel that it's been dim for a long time. Today's a new day. Some of you are feeling peace for the first time in a long time. <laughs> oh. Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> oh, man. Holy Spirit, today I just pray for deeper revelation. Mm. That we start to see you in a new way. That we don't just rely on mere head knowledge, but in our heart something starts to shift. Because Father, you're not concerned about behavior modification. You want to transform us radically. Father, we honor you today. We came here for you today. We thank you, Father, for the opportunity to gather with one another, to love one another, to carry each other's burdens, to forgive one another. We just love you, King Jesus. Anybody feel a lightness right now? You feel light? Like for the first time in a while? Like Holy Spirit is just, just ministering to your heart right now. I need some of you to know. That's why I don't always pray for everyone who comes around the altar. I just see Holy Spirit on you. I'm like, God, Holy Spirit can do it better than I can. And I see him ministering to hearts.
What are you expecting today? It's a shame to not expect anything and come into the house of God where there is everything. deliverance, his salvation, his hope, his tenderness, its mercy. Jesus. Jesus. And you're always with us. Your presence is always with us. Father, we acknowledge you. We acknowledge you and we walk in your presence, not only here, but as we leave these doors, we walk in your presence and we are aware of your presence. We operate in your presence. We represent you because we are in your presence. Jesus, you are too good. You are too good. Jesus. Jesus. Glory. Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your peaceful presence that we are experiencing right now. And I thank you that it's bringing healing and wholeness to us. Not only healing and wholeness to our bodies, but Father, healing and wholeness to our minds our emotions. Healing, wholeness, peace. 
peace. I wish you could hear the people that are just breathing right now. That are just breathing and probably experience some of the peace that they haven't experienced in a very long time. And I just thank you, Father. I don't even know how to transition right now. Jesus. Father, I just worship you right now. for what you're doing in them right now.
Jesus, I thank you for having your way. I thank you for what you've done. I thank you for what you've done in the lives of your people today and what you're continuing to do, Father God. I want y'all to weigh something that I'm going to say. I don't believe it's just for me. But I believe we've had such battles in this church that the enemy's trying to get us to back off. Back off. I don't mean leave God. I don't mean leave the church. But back off of the firing line. Do you know what the firing line is? When we are in the fight for the good and the right, And we're against the enemy. And I'm just asking you to consider, let's draw from the strength of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God, the blood of Jesus, and not back off. I tell you, I've had experiences in the past 10 days that I have never had in my life. I didn't know till this year that I'm told I have a heart condition. You are kidding. Betty Franks have a heart condition. What are you talking about? But what are you going to say when the EKG saying it and the, and the echogram saying it, and then they tell you to go have a heart cath and your main, one of your main arteries is blocked 95%. And they put a stent in it. Friday, one of the ER doctors shook her head and said, it was a close call. And I did not know it. But God knew it. God knew it. God knew it. God knew it. You got to understand, I have had chest pain. Do you understand? Melody can tell you, I've never complained about it. I haven't had chest pain. I haven't had any symptoms. They say that's what will take you right out. That it's there, but you don't know it. But you know what I believe with all my heart? We are being spared for a reason. Sister Rhonda, lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. We are being spared for a reason, sister. Oh, sorry. You don't have to get up if you can't. Just lift your hands. Lift your hands. We're being spared for a reason, sister. We have victory for a reason. Look at this shirt she's got. My victory in Jesus' name. Y'all, do not back off. Do not back off. Do not back off. Now, I understand there are times we've got to get more rest or if you need to have a doctor's appointment, whatever. But in the spirit realm, don't back off. I know somehow you know what I'm talking about. There's families, whole families in this church. The enemy is trying to get them to back off. We've got to stand with one another. The battle that Melody's in and her husband, Joel. But the Lord's victorious. That was my transition because now, guess what? We get to worship the Lord with our giving. Glory. Thank you, Pastor Betty. (laughs) 
If y'all could get the scripture up for me, please. Okay, remember, please, please say this with expectation. Don't just speak it. Don't just be saying something just to move your mouth. Say it with me. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you having always have, sorry, and all things may have an abundance for every good work. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 8. You can come up and give your offerings and tithes. Thank you. And also, if you, the children, Miss Marty, she's right up here. You can follow Miss Marty. She's got Children's Church. here to remind you that this Saturday on August 13th from 9 to 12 we will be doing a car wash. Uh, donations only for our trip to Accelerant. That's all I have to say. <laughs> Thank you, Nick. <laughs> that used to be me too. I used to get cold sweats. Good morning. What is going to happen next Sunday? Yes, friends and family. Now, what does that mean? It means we're going to come and have an awesome time. It's all about the school spirit. Our menu is based around tailgate menu. If you have not signed up to bring a dish out in the Welcome Center, we have our sign-up sheets. The church is providing fried chicken, and we need the fixings to go with it. And we need a few volunteers because next Saturday morning at 10, we're going to be setting up. So we need a few people that are willing hands to come help us. And then we need some people to volunteer for the setup on Sunday morning and set out the food. So please bring a friend. Please come. 
please spend time with your friends, your family, and your extended family. We love you all, and we want you to be part of this big circle. And one other little announcement I've got is Grief Share. We start on August the 14th at 2.30 next Sunday, next Sunday for 13 weeks. And the program is awesome. I've been a student of Grief Share. I've walked the walk, so I get it. Um, I've lost two husbands, and I understand the concept of Grief Share, but I also understand it took me from mourning to joy. So if you know somebody who has needs, who's lost someone recently or 25 years ago, it doesn't matter because you're still carrying the hurt in your life. And we want to let you know Jesus loves you and that we're going to walk this with you. And so please consider attending. We are a family that cares. So if you have a need, come. Thank you. Let's hear it for Aunt Dawn and Miss Pat. All right, and for those of you who are coming to help set up for Friends and Family Day on the 13th, you can also get your car washed. So there you go, right? Two birds, one stone. It just it all works out. It makes it easy. Um, and Grief Share is a phenomenal program who has helped many, many people. Um, they walk through grief uh, biblically, and they look at it from a biblical perspective, and it really is amazing. Um, they've helped countless amounts of people. So please, if you are going through a season of grief, pray about attending and taking part in that. Um, once again, Friends and Family Day. We love Friends and Family Day. I believe this is the third Friends and Family Day that we've had. All of them have been a huge success, and your friends and family have had a great time. That's the whole point of it, right? It's you being an evangelist to your world. Who is your world? Your friends and your family, your coworkers. Get them out here. I, I share the gospel for like 30 minutes, and then we go hang out. There's bouncy castles for the kids, and we have food, and we have a great time. Um, it is like back-to-school theme, school spirit. So make sure you wear your favorite team's jersey. Um, I'll gladly be rocking a Cowboys jersey. Go Cowboys. I got just two of us? So it's a cold world out here. <laughs> um, and then August 28th, we're shooting for that to be our baptism Sunday. So if you um, are, have not been baptized or you were baptized at a young age and now you actually understand what baptism means and you would like to be baptized, please come see me. And we will plan that together and get you ready for that. I'm super excited about both of those things. But will you please stand with me this morning? Turn your Bibles to John chapter 8, verse 36. John chapter 8, verse 36. We are going to pray together and then we're going to read that small verse and get into what Holy Spirit is telling me we will be talking about today. John chapter 8, verse 36. All right, and will you pray with me? Raise your hands to heaven as is our custom here to receive from Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we thank you for this day. I thank you that you speak to someone like me, that you would love someone like me and pour into me. And Holy Spirit, I just pray that everything I say today is strictly you, only you, solely you. I don't want it to be any opinion of Josiah Hodge, but straight from Father God through Holy Spirit. 
So Holy Spirit, right now, I just pray you prepare our hearts and our minds as I've been praying all week to receive revelation, to receive what you are wanting us to know, wanting to teach us in this season as a church where you're leading us, where you're guiding us, the foundation of what you're setting for us as a people. And Holy Spirit, we just thank you. We thank you that freedom reigns in this house. Freedom is going to continue to reign in this house and even to such a higher level that we will experience freedom in this house and we will truly be a people of freedom. So Holy Spirit, I thank you for the freedom in my life, the freedom I'm experiencing that I didn't even know existed. So Holy Spirit, we thank you. Continue to speak into us. Continue to open our ears to receive. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. And amen. All right, John chapter 8, verse 36. If you would please continue to stand as we read this small verse. John chapter 8, verse 36. Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. You may be seated. Now, I'm going to make a very bold statement, something that I didn't believe just a short couple months ago. And this is the statement to everyone who is in Christ Jesus. That means everyone who has put their faith in Christ Jesus. Jesus, you are already free. It's a statement I didn't believe a short couple months ago when I was stuck in a bunch of stuff or thought I was stuck there, but it's a statement I did not believe a couple months ago that I do right now in this moment in a freedom I didn't even know existed, but I'm currently experiencing and a freedom I read about in the Bible but had no reference point for all who are in Christ Jesus are already free. When Christ died on the cross, he didn't say, I've completed part of the work now. You carry on. He said, it is finished. Period after sentence. It is done. So now you don't have to work. You just have to receive. But there's a part that goes into receiving that we're going to talk about today. To walk in this freedom is a choice. And to not walk in this freedom is also a choice. But I did not realize that a short couple months ago. I was choosing not to walk in freedom because I had no reference point for what freedom looked like. So I was living partially free because I didn't understand when scripture says free, it for real means holistic freedom. My mental health was not good as a pastor. My physical body, I was letting it go, just not caring because of stress and anxiety. And so when I read freedom, I thought that just meant I wouldn't watch pornography anymore. Like, okay, that's freedom, right? I don't touch that. I'm free. Yes, I did not realize when scripture says you can be free, it for real meant you can be free. I mean, holistic, all over the board, any type of freedom you're looking for, it will set you free free. And that's the gospel. It's freedom. So this is a choice for us to step into this today. Jesus died so you would be free now. Not later, not someday. Y'all, I I would be clean off drugs and pornography for about two months. I'm free. I would relapse and then I would beg Jesus for freedom again. And it was this never-ending cycle of Jesus setting me free Me back in the cycle, Jesus setting me free, and it came to the point that I was just sick and tired. How many times can one person be set free? And it was this never-ending cycle of not understanding what it meant to be free. (laughs) Jesus says you are free, present tense free. Free from law and legalism, free from the flesh, and free from sin, holistically free. And so Holy Spirit told me, because I'm walking in a freedom I didn't know existed, Holy Spirit told me to teach people how to be free. 
So today I'm relying on Holy Spirit to start us on this journey of what it means to walk in holistic freedom. Because y'all know we're going to study the church, but before we can study the church, we got to understand who Jesus is. My gosh, if we have a Jesus that's not truly Jesus, we could never truly be the church. So for me, I'm realizing that I understood factually who Jesus was, but I didn't understand truly who Jesus was. I need you to hear the difference. I understood factually that Jesus lived the perfect life. I understood factually that Jesus died for my sins. I understood factually that Jesus rose again from the grave, but I never truly understood what that meant for me. So we're going to, when we embark on this journey, who was here on Friday with Joshua Jones? Did he say some stuff that made y'all's head go, woo? <laughs> Every time he calls me, I'm just like, wow, wow. Why? Because in the American church, we have wanted everything to be factual statements. No mystery. Nothing to dig into. We want to be able to explain everything out and just leave it where it is. We don't want to dive into the mystery of who God is. You really think in your tiny, meager human mind, you can understand the full existence of God. My gosh, every day I'm learning something new about the Father. And guess what? I don't even believe in eternity we will be able to fully grasp him. Do you understand? I've heard in the church, oh, when we see God in glory. No, you're still not going to understand the Father. We're not even close to who the Father is in existence. We can't even comprehend who he is. And so what I'm learning is to walk in the mystery. And guess what? The mystery has set me free. The facts kept me in bondage. The mystery has set me free. Some of y'all need to pause and ponder that for a second. Some of you had known the facts of Christianity for a long time. You're the same place you've been for 20 years. Stuck. You feel stuck. You feel stifled. You're like, why? Why am I not growing? Whatever that means. Why am I not growing in the faith? Why am I not maturing? Why? Because you've technically already learned every factual statement you can learn. Pause and think about that. Some of y'all been in church for 30 years. You've heard a pastor preach on everything there could be preached about. Some of y'all think you know everything because you've heard every factual statement. But you know what scripture tells us? Only through the spirit can we understand spiritual things. And so I'm learning from someone who thought because my two Bible degrees, from someone who thought I knew everything about scripture, now I read the Bible and I'm just like, how did I not see this before? And so instead of reading a whole book a day, I'll read like four verses and I'll sit there crying like a baby. My favorite book of Galatians. I'm just now starting to actually understand what that book is about. Paul was freeing people from legalism. And over here, I'm thinking I'm free, but I'm really a legalist. So my favorite book was actually speaking to me, and I didn't even know it. So what we're going to be looking at for the next couple of weeks, we're just going to call it freedom in order through the Holy Spirit. Freedom in order through, this is key, through the Holy Spirit. Because oftentimes we'll read chapters like in uh, Colossians chapter 3 and Ephesians chapter 5 where it says put off the old man and it lists all the things you're not supposed to do. But in our minds when we read that, we try to put off the flesh by the flesh. Now how ridiculous is that? We read it in light of, oh, I'm not just not supposed to do those things. Yet we forget to read the rest of the book that says through the Holy Spirit you will be free. So we're over here stuck in bondage, trying not to do habits, trying not to behave this way through our own flesh that is craving those very things. So we got a bunch of fleshly Christians trying to abstain from the world, but really in the world, because they're trying to do it through their own flesh, which is the opposite of why Jesus came. 
Galatians tells us if we could be justified through the law, Jesus wouldn't have had to come. Yet we got a lot of Christians living under the law still without realizing we're under the law. This guy right here lived under the law for years. I would have never considered myself to be a legalist until Holy Spirit opened my eyes. And now I'm standing here like, wow, Holy Spirit. <laughs> for so long, I tried and I strived and I just wanted to be good enough for the Father when he already saw me as his son. Holy Spirit, have your way in this place today. If you're taking notes, I did not make a PowerPoint because I have found y'all are very intelligent, intellectual people. And so you take notes rather than listening to what Holy Spirit is saying. So in this season, instead of just riding a million miles per hour, I just need you to let Holy Spirit speak to you. Take notes, please, by all means, but please listen more than you write. Let Holy Spirit just saturate your heart today because I'm also a note taker. But man, on Friday night when Joshua Jones was here, I couldn't even, I couldn't stop listening because Holy Spirit was just speaking life into us. I'm just sitting here like, how can, he told us to take notes. I'm like, how, how can I take my ears away from what this man is saying? Because it was life through Holy Spirit into our very beings. So please, if you're taking notes, this first point we're talking about is freedom through revelation. Freedom through revelation. John chapter 8, verse 32. If you're turning your Bible or uh, for online, Miss Cindy, John chapter 8, verse 32 says this. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Now, I need us to understand, this is not talking about factual statements. This is not saying you shall know factual statements, you shall know facts, and therefore it shall set you free. This is talking about revelation from and through the Holy Spirit. And this is where it can get iffy for those of us who don't know how to study in a concordance, the Greek and the Hebrew. We don't understand that this word that says know the truth is not talking about knowing the truth here. Jesus was speaking into people's lives. He said, know the truth. Live in the truth. Let the truth saturate your very being and you shall be free. Listen, you can know everything there is to be about Jesus, but your life never look any different. You can factually say Jesus died for my sins, but still live in sin. You can say, I know Jesus rose again, but you never live in the life he died nor rose for. We can make factual statements about Jesus in church every day of our lives, but if it never drops from here to here, then we wasted our time. I need you to understand when scripture says know the truth, scripture does not say read the Bible and understand everything in the entire Bible ever and just sit there as a grumpy old person knowing everything about scripture, calling everyone else a heretic. Do we see that all the time? Oh my gosh, what a heretic. Are we not a family in Christ? But the fact of the matter is we have let head knowledge drive us apart. Why do you think there's 3,200 different denominations in America? 3,200 different denominations, yet we all claim to follow the same Jesus. Are you telling me the kingdom of God is parted in 3,200 places? Last time I checked, Jesus said a kingdom divided cannot stand. Freedom comes by way of revelation. Scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17 says this, where the spirit of the Lord is there is freedom. And we don't even understand what that's saying. Listen, if truly, whenever the Holy Spirit enters us, we're free from everything, all of us would be completely perfect people. We don't even understand what it means where the spirit of the Lord is there is freedom. It means that where the spirit truly is, he is bringing revelation that sets you free. 
Do you understand, majority of us who have grown up in the South, you have been indoctrinated with a thousand biblical facts that are not true. Majority of you have lived the old covenant lifestyle when you were supposed to be in the new covenant, wondering, why is this so hard for me to understand? Because you've been indoctrinated by man. Did you know Jesus rebuked the Pharisees for following man-made laws over the laws of God even? But that is what we have done in the modern American church. Majority of you don't actually understand. I didn't truly understand until I let Holy Spirit read the Bible. Do you understand? Every time you read the Bible, you have about 30 different lenses you're seeing the scripture through. Did you know Adolf Hitler used passages from the book of Romans to try to massacre the Jews? This book, a lot of you use this book as an excuse of not to actually follow Jesus. Why? Because the way we read this book determines how we see Jesus. So a lot of us have just assumed we were right and our lenses were correct because that's the way we were raised. When in reality, Holy Spirit wants to wipe clean your eyes to see Jesus truly for the first time. Holy Spirit brings revelation that sets us free. And the reason... Majority of Christians live in bondage is because y'all rely on fellas like me to get it for you. I could be walking as free as I could be and all of y'all could be in bondage. I cannot get it for you. But this is the problem in America. We just copied the, the, the Catholic model of the holy priest man up here and the lay people down there and I'm supposed to get it for you and you're supposed to somehow receive like I'm God speaking to you. No, 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 no. Listen. Holy Spirit wants to give you revelation that will set you free. I cannot set you free. I can talk about freedom. Some of y'all may think I'm a crazy person. I would think I'm a crazy person a couple months ago. Why? Because there's no reference point for this type of freedom in the American church. There's no reference point. We're taught behavior modification. We're taught, okay, just subdue your urges. Did you know we have completely robbed the, the power of the cross in the American church? We say, subdue your passions, just withhold from sin. When Jesus is standing here saying, no, I died so you could be free. We have watered the gospel down to be something it was never meant to be. And we got pastors teaching, oh, just have this discipline and just have this practice. Now, there's nothing bad about being a disciplined human being. But when you put disciplines above the Savior, you're worshiping the disciplines and not the Savior. Ephesians 1, 15 through 20, this, is, this was radical for me. Because Paul, his whole prayer for the church in Ephesus was that they would have deeper revelation of who Jesus was. You understand, this was a good church. It was not a perfect church. This church had problems. Paul could have prayed over all the problems, but what did he pray for? Revelation. Because it's not anything Paul could write that would change their behaviors. Paul knew if he prayed, if they received revelation, it was going to work itself out. Why? Because Paul knew he could not set anyone free. This is the same Paul that only preached Jesus Christ and him crucified. He understood only through the power of the cross can you be free. Ephesians 1, 15 through 20 says this. Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints... Do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Now the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling 
What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe? Paul knew if the church in Ephesus would receive this revelation as he had received it. And I love Paul because Paul says, I wasn't taught this by anyone. Jesus himself gave me revelation of what this means. And so Paul knew, and this is my prayer for this church, if we, every single one of us, has a posture to receive, in our spirits we say, Holy Spirit, we need revelation. He will pour it out. He never, God never withholds good things from his children. So my prayer today is that you even start posturing your heart for deeper revelation. Here's a revelation from some of you who are going through a hard time. I heard Bill Johnson say this the other day. Bill Johnson's wife died a week ago. Three days later, he was preaching. Do you know what he said? He said, in his grief and in his sorrow in the hospital room, Holy Spirit spoke to him and said, this is why Paul said, count it all joy when you face trials and tribulations, because this is the only time in eternity you will be able to worship in pain. For those of you who have have experienced grief and pain and trials, this is the only time in eternity that we can worship through pain. Why? Because the life to come there will be no pain. This is why Paul said, count it all joy. Why? Because Paul was seeing Jesus. Do you see how revelation can change your life? I would have never in a million years thought about it being a joy. I've read it a million times, but never until I heard that man, y'all, he was in tears. His wife died three days before, and this man is saying, I count it all joy. That is what revelation does for you. It sustains you and it carries you to places you never knew were possible. Holy Spirit, through way of revelation, sets us free little by little. It's called sanctification. Who in here has heard sanctification? Did you just think that magically happened somehow? No, it happens through way of revelation. You don't just randomly start to look more like Jesus without seeing more of who Jesus is. Sanctification comes by way of revelation. It is a process. And y'all, I'm learning to love the process because like eight months ago, I'm like, why am I not where I need to be yet? And Jesus is looking at me like, bro, you're 24. (laughs) Like, what do you mean? Why are you not where you're supposed to be yet? It's a process. Fall in love with the process and seek revelation every single day. Sanctification comes by means of revelation. This is point number two. You are free, already free from the law and legalism. Don't worry, we're going to deal with the flesh probably the week after next But let's talk about this. You are free from law and you are free from legalism. Galatians 5.1 says this. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. I need you to hear that verbiage. Made. Past tense. Already done. Already completed. Christ has already made us free. And do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage to the law. Paul was writing to people who were very confused. They were Gentiles, and Jewish people were coming in saying, yes, believe in Jesus, but now follow 613 laws and all the prophets and Moses and Abraham. Follow all those guys too. And so these Gentiles are saying, we were taught, and Holy Spirit came to us when we believed in Jesus. They were very confused. Their heads were being filled with head knowledge that they did not grow up with. They did not grow up in Judaism. They would have not known the facts of Judaism. And so their head is being stuffed, filled with things that Paul is like, hold up now. That's not Jesus. Your heads have been filled with a lot of things that were not Jesus. Can I tell you now, when I hear a pastor preach and doesn't mention Jesus, I cringe inside. Oh my, my spirit jumps, man. If you are not talking about Jesus, then why are we here? 
He's the purpose of all of this. And so I hear pastors preaching from obscure passages in the Old Testament. People are like, amen, pastor, amen. No, that's a performance. That's not Jesus. That doesn't, you sounding good from a pulpit does not set people free. Only Jesus can set people free. Some of y'all are living in bondage willingly right now because I, I see the conviction in your eyeballs. I need you to hear me. Jesus wants to set you free because you are already free. You can step into the road of freedom at any point you want to. <laughs> that you want to. I need you to understand this. Legalism has nothing to do with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit and legalism could not be more different. Holy Spirit was not given to you to impose more laws on you. Holy Spirit was given to immerse your heart. Oh boy. To immerse your heart in the perfect law of love. What does immerse mean? Immerse means to baptize. Holy Spirit wants to baptize your heart. What does that mean? Your heart died and then it was made new. Holy Spirit was not given so you would follow the rules better. That is blasphemy. Holy Spirit was given so your heart would be radically changed and transformed. Not to impose laws on you, but to immerse your heart in the perfect law of love. Do you know how radically transforming that is to a mind of striving. I thought Holy Spirit was given to me so I could follow the rules better. I thought Holy Spirit was going to empower me to follow the rules better. I didn't realize he wanted to completely transform everything about me. <laughs> oh. Sorry, y'all. This Everything I have right now, Holy Spirit was pouring into me at 5 a.m. this morning. So I'm trying to catch up with what Holy Spirit wants me to say. But listen, in, in the American church, okay, in the American church, we're taught to look at the passages that say you cannot. We're taught to look at the passages that tell us what we're against. It's sad when the world has no idea what we're for. Y'all, did you know, so we, we did a truck ministry project for Miss Mary. Y'all, people are, their minds are blown that we would go out of our way to help a sister in the faith. But blown away because they don't know what we're for. We just want to point fingers all the time and say what we're against and say what we cannot do. Y'all, did you know, listen, I actually looked this up. 11% of the New Testament tells you what you cannot do. 89% of the New Testament tells you what you can do in Jesus. We have been living in 11% of the New Covenant when Holy Spirit saying, no, I died so you could be free. Oh my gosh, I lived in 11% of the goodness of Jesus. When he died, so I would live in 100% of the goodness of Jesus. No wonder I lived in bondage and thought I was free. I understood 11% of the truth. <laughs> Legalism never leads to Jesus. I need you to hear that. Legalism never leads to Jesus. Why? Because Jesus already fulfilled that. That's old. Jesus came to do something better. Legalism does not lead towards Jesus. It leads towards the old covenant. That's the only place you're going to find yourself, not what Jesus died for. And the fact of the matter is, man, the way we read this book determines how we live. And some of us use this book as an excuse to not even do what the book tells us to do. Jesus said, give to the poor and needy. Oh, no, Jesus, I'm good. I read my Bible. Jesus told us to serve one another. Nah, Jesus, I'm good. I read my devotional. So we use the same book we claim to believe to excuse our wrong practices. 
Man, I was having a conversation with someone the other day and just trying to impart some revelation. And the person said, oh, yeah, I know Jesus lives on the pages of the Bible. And my mouth said, please, if you believe that, kick that out of your head. Jesus does not live on the pages of the Bible. Jesus is real. I mean, Jesus is really real. And even better yet, he lives in my heart. He lives in my spirit. He's all around us. Everything was made and created through Jesus. So please, if your philosophy is that Jesus lives in this storybook right here, please kick it out of your head. That is false theology. That is a blasphemy. But that's the concept of Jesus these days. Jesus is just in this book, and that's where he belongs. Y'all, please, but some of y'all look at me crazy, but some of y'all live that way. Y'all are looking at me because you understand it here, but you live it here. This is fighting against the mentality in the American church where we already know all the facts. But I need you to look at your own heart and say, Holy Spirit, have I allowed you? Because I'm not perfect. I was living this way. Listen, I understood Jesus wasn't in this book, but I lived like Jesus was confined to this book. Please look at your hearts right now. Revelation will mess you up. Listen, I, know, I knew this Bible through and through and through, but now I read it, I'm like, I knew nothing about this book. Man, this, this right here is something that's drive, driving me absolutely crazy. We have got to stop using legalistic scapegoats to excuse us from being the hands and feet of Jesus. I need you to hear what I'm saying. I need you to hear what I'm saying. We think that if we do our daily devotional, if we pray for five minutes, that we somehow checked off a list, and now we're good, and now we don't got to walk like Jesus, and now we don't got to love those beside us. Now, oh, I read my devotional, but I can hate the person across from me. I prayed for five minutes, but I still got a grudge towards the person sitting on the opposite side of the church of me, right? And so we, we, use these, we use these legalistic scapegoats that as long as I check off the box that I made, God did not make your checklist. You made your checklist. So as long as I check off the boxes on my legalistic checklist, I don't got to do what Jesus actually told me to do. Man, I am sick and tired of legalistic scapegoats. I'm just dead serious. There, <laughs> we claim Jesus, but look nothing like Jesus. <laughs> we were called to bear the image of Christ, not the Pharisees and Sadducees. But you know who we sadly look like? We sadly look like the Pharisees and Sadducees because majority of times I see Christians who insulate themselves with only Christians. Did you understand not, not yoking, not being unevenly yoked does not mean not having friends who aren't Christians. That means don't marry someone who's an unbeliever. So that's already a flawed thought process. So those of you who have only insulated yourself with other believers, you're actually not acting like Jesus at all. Y'all know where I spend every single Wednesday morning of my life? I spend it in the streets with drug dealers and homeless people and drug addicts. Not because I feel like I have to, but because Holy Spirit's putting a love in me I didn't even know existed. He's going <laughs> to... I'm trying to <laughs> weigh my words very carefully. <laughs> the scripture says, there is no greater love than this, than someone lay down their life for a brother. Do you understand there are more ways to lay down your life than just dying? About 13 people laid down their life on Saturday morning to go help Miss Mary. They did not have to do that. No one made them do that. They decided to lay their life down to go help a sister. I, we, 
we use the Bible as a scapegoat to not actually do what it says because we want to claim ignorance. But we know better. Majority of y'all know better. Majority of y'all know that a lot of y'all should have been there Saturday morning to help. I'm, can I be honest as your pastor? A lot of y'all, even if you were just there to hang out with the Miss Mary, you should have been there. You know what, see, this is a perfect segue to what we were talking about. Listen, grown men in this church, if we have a truck ministry project and you are not at work, you need to be there. We do not come to be the behind of Jesus and sit in a chair. We came to be the hands and feet of Jesus. I'm about tired. Listen, as a pastor who is seeking and following after Jesus through Holy Spirit, and I know you are capable, young men and older men, you are capable of being a just, oh my gosh. <laughs> the American church says, come as your family, leave as your family. The biblical church says, come and be a family and leave and be a family. We have so isolated ourselves in the American culture that we think if it's not our, our biological family, we don't got to touch it. That could not be further away from the biblical truth of what it means to be the ecclesia, the church. That's the segue we want right there. <laughs> That's Holy Spirit. Y'all, I love you. Like, I love you enough to say that. Do you understand if I never said something hard, then I do not love you? Do you know the people who always tell you what you want to hear are not people who love you? Do you understand this? The people who have corrected me in this church through love, I knew they loved me. I knew they loved me. But some people who would just sit here forever, no matter how bad of a job I was doing, they don't love me. But those who love me enough to gently and kindly say, hey, mm, don't know about that, buddy, right? Love me. And I know they do. I love y'all enough to say, if you are an able-bodied male and female, y'all can come out and help. Miss Janet was there. She was picking up sticks. Miss Marty was there picking up sticks. Ellie and Layla, y'all. Layla is like 11, 12 now. Y'all, if a 12-year-old and Harrison and Dakota, if a bunch of teens can get out there and work, I guarantee you can get out there and work. Guess what? You say, well, I want family time. Bring your families. Did you know? Listen, we, we have done, listen, I, I, no lie. Can I be transparent with y'all real quick? I had to repent to my wife yesterday for not bringing enough Bible into the home. She and I had started a Bible study together, and life got crazy about two months ago, and we started neglecting seeking Jesus together. And that was on me because I'm the leader of the household. I had to repent to my wife yesterday because I don't want my sons growing up only seeing daddy worshiping on Sunday mornings. I need my son to know that I worship every single day of my life and that mommy and daddy follow Jesus together. So guess what happens when Emmett's about three months old? Guess who's going to be with me in truck ministry projects? My little, my little almost two-year-old at that time, my wife and my little baby baby. That's who's going to be with me. And you know who set that example for me? C.E. Chavis. C.E. Chavis brings the whole wrecking crew when he comes to do a truck ministry project. Listen, y'all got to start taking your faith into your homes. Stop letting your faith be stuck in this building. This ain't even the church. Take it home. Listen, in Deuteronomy chapter 6, it's the Shema. They're declaring the Lord, the God is that. But do you know what he says? The Lord your God is one. Worship the Lord your God with all your mind, heart, soul, and body. And you know what he says after that? Take it in your homes. Wear it as, as a frontline on your head. Put it on your doors. Speak about it when you're walking to work. Speak about it on your way home from work. Speak about it at the dinner table. Why? Because Moses knew whatever your kids see you doing, that's what they will replicate. And so a lot of us claim the passage that says, raise a child up in the way they shall go, but you're not even doing that. You bring them to church on Sunday, and you expect us to, to give them everything they ever need to be spiritually healthy, and then Monday through Saturday, they live in a world of pure chaos. 
Sorry, I'm really not trying to meddle. Holy Spirit just told me to do that. <laughs> Holy Spirit. <Ooh. laughs> Amen, sis. Listen, we have to stop following man-made laws. And can I please explain what that means? Stop heaping on yourself things that do not matter. Jesus never said you got to read five chapters of the Bible a day. That actually probably holds you back from doing the ministry you were made for. <laughs> this book did not exist in the early church. How do you think they followed him? Through Holy Spirit. You understand this book just came around about 300 years ago with it actually in mass print for everyone in the world to get. Y'all, church is so simple it takes humans to complicate it. 100%. We complicate this thing. Scripture says follow Holy Spirit. And what do we do? We don't follow Holy Spirit. Scripture says Jesus alone, and we put a million things in front of Jesus. Yeah, we got to stop following. Why? Because these man-made laws are not drawing you closer to Jesus. You may be sinning less, but guess what? You're now in bondage to the law. You may have left bondage of sin. Now you're in bondage to the law. Is it really much better? Because now whenever you don't follow those rules you put on yourself, you're living in condemnation. You're living in shame, you're living in guilt, and then it's a whole restart cycle, and you end up giving up. And you find yourself back in the same cycle you were in beforehand. Why? Because you were never meant to achieve this by yourself. You were never even meant to strive for anything. Stepping into a place of faith in Jesus Christ. Jesus, <laughs> I love this because Christians act like we got to earn something. Jesus never once did he say you got to earn anything. Freedom is a beautiful, beautiful thing. I heard uh, Joshua Jones said this one of the other days in his sermon I listened to. He said, you went to church, so what? I saw you yelling at your wife after church. <laughs> Who cares about religious practices if we're doing them just as a religious practice? Who cares? if Y'all, if we stay this size for the rest of the time, if we never grow again, I do not care as long as you leave changed. As long as you leave looking like Jesus, talking like Jesus, acting like Jesus, I don't care if we ever get above 100 people that we have right now. I do not care. As long as you look like Jesus to those around you, that's all I care about. I don't, yo, I don't even use social media, so you can't say I'm fighting for a platform. I don't care about none of that stuff. I care that you look like Jesus. Yo, you know what's funny? <laughs> Before I actually truly started seeing Jesus for who he was, I would get invited to go speak at all types of churches. Ever since then, you know what my one invite has been to preach? Downtown in the park. I would seek platform, and guess what? I would find it. But Jesus wasn't up in that. I wanted praise. I wanted people to love me. I wanted people to think, oh, Josiah Hodge, that's a mighty young preacher. That's all I cared about, man. Now I see Jesus and I couldn't be more happy than to go to those who are broken and in need of hope, stuck in a world of darkness. That's the whole point of anything. <laughs> Jesus said, I am anointed to take the gospel to the poor and the needy and to set the captive free. Y'all, the only person that's going to set you free is Jesus. Captivity does not always look like drugs and alcohol. Captivity looks like being stuck under the law. Let's talk about behavior modification because if you listen close enough, all the big church pastors and megachurches are talking about this. It's behavior modification. They may word it in different ways. They may phrase it differently. But listen, it's behavior modification. Behavior modification is simply putting in rules in place so you don't commit that habit. That's all. You're modifying your habits. And so all that is is modern-day legalism. It's just put under something pretty. Right? And you know what's crazy? We have more books about Christian self-help than we do about the cross. That's a fact. 
We have more books being written about how to stay away and put in these principles and disciplines than we do actually following Jesus. Sometimes I wonder if some of these big buff pastors spend more time in the gym than they do with Jesus. I mean, ain't nothing wrong looking like Marcus. Marcus is huge, but he loves Jesus. I know that. But listen, this is my thing. Some of these guys, there's no, there's no spiritual depth. There's nothing. All they're doing is teaching you how to be more disciplined in your life. Do you know what those are? That's law. It's modern day law. You're heaping laws upon yourself. But do you know the thing about behavior modification? You're actually causing yourself to look more at your sin than away. Why? Because all your disciplines and all your principles are pointing to the sin itself. Jesus did not come to divert your attention from the sin. Jesus came to completely change your desires and your passions. That is how we have robbed the cross in America. We tell you don't look at it and then put up all these blockers. Listen, I, all my devices are locked up by my wife, completely locked up. I don't give no foothold for the devil. Not that I struggle, but because I'm smart. So listen, I encourage discipline. But the fact of the matter is I will never put my systems above the Savior. Never will I ever put a system above the Savior. Why? Because the Savior is the one who keeps me free. It's not the system. The system has failed me in the past. Listen, when I was struggling heavily with pornography for years, I bought, I bought like a, a system, a self-help. It was like 400 bucks, self-help system. Do you know that actually made me struggle worse? Because the whole video said porn like a million times. That was my trigger word. So the things that I thought were going to keep me from my sin caused me to run further into it. That is why you have so many Christians claiming freedom, living in sin, because they don't even understand you can truly be free. I'm not talking a week of freedom. I'm not talking two weeks of freedom. I'm not talking five years of freedom. I'm saying Holy Spirit can radically change all your desires and passions. Man, I'm so sick and tired of hearing pastors talk about behavior modification and never talking about Jesus. That's just another form of legalism. Just because you wear skinny jeans does not mean you're not legalistic. Do you want, I wear skinny jeans and I was a legalist up until January of 2022 when Holy Spirit set me free. I didn't look like a legalist. I didn't talk like a legalist, but I lived under the law like a legalist. You may not look the part, you may not talk the part, but as you look at your life, you see what you have heaped upon yourself that keeps you from Jesus. This whole behavior modification is propagated throughout the whole American church. Every time I hear a guy, it's, okay, and we'll do this and we'll do that, and it's self-help. The only person who can help you is Jesus. You can't even help yourself. My gosh, this, this self-help theology in the church is a cancer to the cross. My gosh, wouldn't it? Listen, <laughs> I understand. We can't just say, the cross, the cross, the blood of Jesus, without people actually getting revelation and being set free. But we have robbed the cross of its power when we say the cross and. Jesus and. I am all for you being disciplined, but when you put your systems above the Savior, you are wrong. That is legalism. I don't care how, how great your system is. I don't care how great your disciplines and principles are. If at the end of the day, it's not Jesus above everything else, you are a legalist. And the beauty of it is Holy Spirit wants to set you free. Do you understand how uncomfortable it is when revelation starts, starts jumping into your soul? Because you realize things that you were doing that were not correct. It is not easy walking in humility. I've had to apologize to you guys from up here at the pulpit for things I said in the past. 
Do you know how uncomfortable that is? But do you know how much freedom is found there? Please, in this moment, in this season, embrace the conviction from the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and I love this. God the Father, Jesus Christ, nor the Holy Spirit have ever expected you to put off the flesh by the flesh. My gosh, we have the God of the universe wanting to walk by our side, empower us, lift us up, give us everything we need, but we choose ourselves over him. And once again, we choose 11% of the New Testament over the other 89% that talks about the Holy Spirit infilling you, indwelling you, empowering you, giving you everything you need. We just read the scripture about giving, how Jesus will give us everything we need to be sufficient in all things. We just read that passage. Guess what? It really means it. And so the fact of the matter is we have truly been living like Galatians 3, chapter 2 through 3. This is what Paul says. This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish having begun in the spirit? Are you now being made perfect by the flesh? Y'all, we couldn't even start it ourselves. How are we to finish it? Do you know how easy it is to start a marathon? Do you know how easy it is to quit a marathon? Do you know how hard it is to finish a marathon? We couldn't even start the marathon. How are we going to think we can finish it well? Only through the Holy Spirit can we be free. Only through revelation setting us free can we be free. No amount of factual head knowledge is going to set you free. No, no matter how many times you attend a church service, it will not set you free. I cannot set you free. You cannot set you free. Only King Jesus can set us free through revelation by his very spirit. Scripture says all those who, are one, all those who have the Holy Spirit are one spirit with Christ Jesus. Yet we have cheapened it. The very spirit of God. Listen, majority of us make claims, oh, the Holy Spirit lives within me. Yet you're never led by him. You're never empowered by him. You never bear the fruits that he bears inside of you. So you can understand factually that Holy Spirit lives inside of you. But is it inside of you? And a lot of us today are searching through our hearts. At least I pray you are. Because you got to understand, I'm not pointing a finger at you without doing this to myself. The past eight months have been a journey for me. Y'all, you don't even understand. I used to prepare these eloquent sermons and spend hours. Y'all, all this came at 5 a.m. with Holy Spirit. I was like trying to get ready and I grabbed my phone and start typing. Why? Because it's so much more than a Sunday morning sermon. It's so much more than just doing your religious duty for the week. Holy Spirit does not want you to act like he stays here. And you don't got to beg him to come here. He is with you, in you, around you, guiding you, leading you. Golly, some of y'all read the Bible, but you hate reading it because it's a struggle. Guess who can make you love it? Holy Spirit. Some of y'all find praying to be the biggest, like, it's like, it's like scratching your nails on a chalkboard. Why? Because you're doing it in your flesh. Never does scripture ever say you're meant to do anything spiritual by your flesh. Scripture says only through the spirit can we discern what is spiritual and only through the spirit can we do what is spiritual. So a lot of us, I'm not here trying to give you facts. I'm not here trying to make factual, truthful statements. I am here saying we desperately need revelation from the Holy Spirit. 
And I think you've heard me say that about a million times in the past two months. We desperately need revelation from Holy Spirit because he is leading me in a freedom I didn't even know was possible. Listen, Holy Spirit has been so good to me. Me and Joshua Jones lost connection and he called me last year in October out of the blue because Holy Spirit knew there was someone who had to speak revelation in me to set me free. I was in so much bondage. I was striving so hard. I was so depressed and filled with anxiety. I almost quit, not because of y'all, because of myself. I beat myself down. I almost left this church because I never thought I could do it, and I could never do it. But God knew right in the right time that Joshua Jones was going to call me and speak life into this dead body, and I would stand up for the first time in my life as a new man. Your freedom is not dependent upon the situation you are currently walking in. Your freedom is actually not even dependent upon what you're doing right now. You could be walking in sin and still be free. Hold up. Your freedom is not contingent based upon what you do. You did not earn your freedom. You cannot lose your freedom. I need some of y'all to hear that because some of y'all have been struggling for a long time. You did not earn your freedom. You cannot sustain your freedom. You cannot lose your freedom. So that's going to mess with some of y'all because y'all, y'all been taught the opposite. Some of, y'all, some of y'all really believe that God can just stop loving you out of nowhere. Some of y'all don't believe that God truly loves the entire world. That's why he sent his son. Scripture doesn't say that God sent Jesus because he loved Christians. There were no Christians. Everyone was in darkness. He sent Jesus to save the world. Everyone was in darkness before Jesus came. Scripture says that light was born into the darkness. Think about that. You see, we don't ponder Scripture deep enough. We just want to read something and just believe what someone told us. You cannot lose your freedom because the fact of the matter is when Christ does something, it is eternal. When Jesus said it is finished, he literally meant it is finished. Freedom waits for you. Scripture says that Christ died to make us free. Do you know Paul is writing to people stuck under the law and he is saying you are free. William, that's like you being a Pharisee and Paul is writing and saying you are free. You could, golly, you could be a prostitute claiming Jesus and guess what? You are free. That's going to mess with some of y'all. At any moment you can step into the revelation of your freedom. The freedom of Christ is not contingent based upon what you do. You do not have that much power. You are not that strong to override what Christ did. Stop giving yourself so much credit. Stop giving your sins so much power. It does not rule you. You may feel, can I tell you, emotions are a big fat liar. You may feel like you're in bondage. You may feel feel like your sin rules you. But the fact of the matter, I'll make the same statement I did earlier. If you are in Christ Jesus, you are already free. Do you know how easy, you know how easy it is to get caught in a cycle when you genuinely believe you can lose your freedom? Do you know how easy it is to fall back into the same things you were doing when you think that because you messed up one time, God stopped loving you? I, I got to deal with this because Holy Spirit's telling me to. In Romans chapter 1, 
we read about homosexuality and Christians just want to jump on that verse. And it says that God's wrath will be poured out on them. Do you know what that actually means in the Greek? That means that God allows them to do whatever they want to do. Did you know that's God's wrath? God's wrath is releasing you. I need you to think about this. God's love is so powerful that his wrath is releasing you from his love. So for Christians who are like, oh, smite the gay people. You are a heretic, actually. Y'all, some of y'all, y'all read this stuff and get hyped up about it. How is someone living in homosexuality worse than what you're doing? The wrath of God. Y'all just don't understand how loving God is, man. That's the revelation that's been birthed in me. I used to see God as this big, mean man just like spiting people. Like, oh my gosh, you're out of here, you're out of here. No, the wrath of God is when he releases you. He loves you so much, he doesn't even condemn you. Scripture said no man is condemned. The only time anyone is condemned is if they do not choose Jesus. He doesn't even condemn people. Scripture tells us that the Father holds it back. He holds back the time of judgment so more will come to know Jesus. But the reason that people don't come to Jesus is because we got a bunch of Christians who don't even know who Jesus is. And we think that the wrath of God is throwing people into hell which isn't even scriptural. Oh, and can I deal with this? The devil and his demons are not going to torment you in hell. That is a fallacy. Hell was made for the demons and the devil. Oh my, y'all think the devil is going to rule hell? No, that is, mm, that is punishment. Hell was not made for Christians. I need you to know this. That is a heresy. It was not. Scripture says hell was made for the devil and the demons. God loves you. I'm going to say it again. God loves you. My gosh, we live as if we can lose God's love any moment of any day, man. I used to live that way. Do you know how you live under bondage of the law when you think you can lose his love by messing up one time? Some of y'all are going to be set free today. I am so serious. Our, our perception of God is wrong. Scripture says God is love. Scripture doesn't say 25% of God is love. Scripture doesn't say 50%, 75%, 90%. Scripture says God is love, and there is no shadow of darkness in him. So what does that mean? That means God is love. You want to know what God looks like? Look at Jesus. You want to know how God would treat prostitutes? Look at Jesus. You want to know how God would treat the outcast? Look at Jesus. It says Jesus is the image of the invisible God. No one has seen the Father, but we have seen Jesus. (laughs) Jesus and God are the same person. Stop disassociating God and Jesus. We read the Old Covenant and think God just about to come up here killing people. No, if you have seen Jesus, you have seen God. I'm speaking life into somebody today. Some of y'all ain't never heard this before. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is new. <laughs> Brad's like, oh, Lord. Yes, Miss Jennifer. God did not change. We let, I know what you're saying. We have a very bad misunderstanding of the old covenant and what was happening there. 
We see Old Covenant as like just murder and wrath and murder and murder. But the fact of the matter is, Jennifer, I would love to sit down with you and talk about this. Because this, no, seriously, this changed my life when I was able to see God for who he truly was. That was my same thought. Even as a Christian, Jennifer, I thought, well, did God change? God has never changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Listen, we misunderstood him because we never saw him before Jesus. Jesus brought forth who he truly was. Does that make sense? We misunderstood him because we never saw him. But when Jesus came, we saw God for the first time so we could understand who he was. I bet a lot of y'all had that question too. I'd love to sit there. Maybe we can do a Bible study on that. Listen, God's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Our understanding of him is what is corrupted. Yeah, no, you're fine. That was new for me. I love that. Look, you can tell when someone like didn't grow up in church. I love it, Jennifer. No, you're fine. Thank you for asking. Listen, that is who God is. <laughs> My gosh. And some of y'all like, yeah, because y'all got that revelation. Y'all sitting here happy like, uh-huh, I knew that. Uh, listen, praise God. I'm not the, <laughs> y'all probably, a lot of y'all probably had that revelation far before I did. That's, mm, that's why I cannot be your holy man. Holy Spirit may be wanting to give you deeper revelation than I will ever have. We just function in different roles in the body of Christ. I feel like a bunch of good is happening today. I feel like a lot of y'all are just like feeling good today. A lot of y'all look free. Like a lot of y'all are smiling. I ain't never seen y'all's teeth in my life. <laughs> Not even at like church celebrations have I seen y'all smile. So I'm taking that as like Holy Spirit is functioning for real. <laughs> Listen, this... Some of y'all probably think, oh, he's kind of ranting. No, man, that's freedom and Holy Spirit. And what I've noticed is that when revelation comes, it's usually not teaching you anything new. It's correcting wrong, wrong thought processes. It's like I saw God as a mean, angry God, and now I see him for who he is, and all I see is love. Because I, I, I disassociated, because this is what we do in the church. I disassociated Jesus and God because no one actually teaches the good passages about God in the Old Covenant. Like, it's like God just smites everyone, but there's no love. It's like God kills everyone, but there's no mercy. It's because we pick and choose what we want to read out of the scripture. And so the fact of the matter is I, was, I wasn't truly, not because of anything wrong, I just wasn't taught to see the love of God in the Old Covenant. Because every time someone preached, it was the power of God, the might of God from the Old Covenant. It was never God. Listen, God called Israel his delight, even in their sin. Even when Israel was running from him, he said, Israel, you are my delight. Can I tell you today, you are God's delight. Like, God delights in you. When God looks at you, he doesn't see your past. He doesn't even see some of the crap you're doing right now. He sees you as a son and as a daughter. He delights in you. Even in your crap, even in y'all, this world is so messed up. A lot of stuff you go through doesn't even got anything to do with you. We just live in a broken, messed up world. But God delights in you. He delights in your brokenness. He delights in your fear. You see, a lot of times we think because of an emotion, we displease God and he hates us. He delights in us. Do you, do you understand nothing you feel can change the way God feels about you? A lot of, a lot of you, this is probably your first time hearing stuff like this, so you're like weighing it like, okay, this is so different than what I've been raised and taught, because we have, we have joined a church system, not the church of the Bible. And so we have been indoctrinated with a lot of things that actually don't exist in this Bible. Y'all, we got a lot of sayings that you will never find in Scripture. 
And so what Holy Spirit is doing in this season, before we can study what the true church of the Bible is, we have to understand what it even means to walk in the Spirit, function in the Spirit. Because they, this book was written to those who were walking in the Spirit. We got to even take it back, man. Y'all, let's take it back 2,000 years and let's walk as they walk. Y'all, I'm literally, I literally got a flip phone right now because I'm trying to take a break from modern society and social media. I'm using a flip phone. Why? Because Holy Spirit said this is your desert season. The desert season means this. When Paul was Saul was blinded on the Damascus road, he could only see Jesus. In this season, I only want to see Jesus. I don't want to look at social media. I want to touch nothing of the modern world. This is my desert season. I just want to see Jesus. I'm tired of being told what Jesus is like. I want to see him for myself. I don't want to come to you with man-made doctrine and man-made sermons. I want to come to you, to you with stuff directly from Jesus. You understand, Jesus' heart is still his church. Why? Because we are literally his body. We are his body on the earth. That's why we say hands and feet of Jesus. We function as his body on the planet. And in this season, man, y'all are going to be set free. I'm telling you. Y'all, Josh, listen, who did Joshua Jones pray over last night? Did he speak right into your situation? Melody, did he speak? Y'all, he's a prophet. I'm telling you. No, not one of these guys that says random stuff. Y'all, he spoke stuff into Janet Grenade and Melody Weeks that no one could know unless they knew their situation intimately. And he spoke freedom over this house. And I received that. Why? Because it's starting with me. And he even said, I'm going to be someone who brings freedom everywhere I go. My gosh. I was real burnt out from playing church, man. Now I'm seeing it for what it truly is and living it. And y'all, can I tell you, I haven't felt any burnout since I've seen Jesus for who he truly was. My gosh, my first half year here, I was so burnt out. God, functioning out of the flesh is exhausting. Who knows this? Who knows trying to follow Jesus by your own power is exhausting? My gosh, it's so tiring, but through his spirit, <laughs> truly, it's light and easy. Will you stand with me? <laughs> yeah, I just got to say again, it was so beautiful to see some of you praying for each other up here at the altar. I mean, I just feel like sometimes y'all kind of wait and see if I'm going to come pray for you. But it's so beautiful when y'all pray for one another. I mean, my gosh, I'm just, I want us to be a church that does not rely on me for everything. It doesn't think I'm the one supposed to be doing everything. Y'all, when we come together and truly function together, it's beautiful. <laughs> Would everyone raise your hands to heaven with me as we pray? But those of you, I'm not going to call you out because this, this is something hard to come to terms with. If during this time today, this experience together, you felt like there was just some legalism in you that you hadn't seen before. Just, you don't gotta, your hands are already raised so you can't be embarrassed, right? You're welcome. And if there's some legalism inside of you that you feel like, Holy Spirit, I don't want this. I want to be free. I want to walk in the freedom that Christ died for. I need you to, to, in your heart right now, I need you, or even loud, just cry out to Jesus to say, Jesus, I, I choose today to walk in your freedom. I mean, you can say it to yourself. You can say it out loud. But man, you don't have to leave here the same you came. This revelation can dive into your heart and you can live in a freedom where you're amazed by how free you are. So Holy Spirit, today I pray that your revelation has gone forward. Holy Spirit, I pray nothing I spoke today was, was from my own origin, but it was directly from you, Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit, I just pray right now you start to even change our minds about what church means, about what it means to be the church, about what it means to follow Jesus, about what it means to be indwelled by the Holy Spirit of God 
And Holy Spirit, I pray right now that we start to get a revelation of what freedom is and that we start walking the way you had already died for us to walk. And Holy Spirit, we thank you for freedom, freedom from legalism, freedom from the flesh, freedom to walk as believers who truly believe in the heart <laughs> and walk in the freedom you died for. Holy Spirit, I pray you continually remove scales from our eyes and lenses we have built up from over the years that we are able to walk as a new creation, just blown away about what that actually means, that everyone who is in Christ Jesus is a new creation. <laughs> Holy Spirit, we love you. We thank you for this church, this church body that we can gather together this morning to love one another. Holy Spirit, I pray that throughout our week, we start to look more like Jesus, bear the image more, walk in more freedom. <laughs> to walk as the new creation that you died on the cross for. And that Monday through Saturday, we're just impacting people, serving people. And even if it's an inconvenience to our own schedule, just going out of our way to love people and to bear each other's burdens and to build deeper, more intimate relationships with one another. King Jesus, let us walk as you walked to truly know you as you are. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. We love you guys. I am excited for the future. I genuinely, truly am. Don't forget, next Sunday is Friends and Family Day. Get your friends and family here. It's just the gospel. You're thinking, wow, I need my family to hear the gospel. Get them here. Um, the checklist and the sign-up list are outside in the foyer to bring food. Uh, Pastor Betty, is there food across the street? There is food across the street in the outreach ministry, so please go and receive Thank you guys for coming, and we hope to see you very, very soon.